1: hello and welcome to the pants party I am your host today uh, Harrison star aka boilerhawk we are without Max who uh, celebrated his sister's wedding so uh congratulations to max's sister but I am joined on my left and my right with Ben Ross Ben how you doing
0: Annual reminder to ban all fall weddings, boys and girls. I've got five more on the books, all on Hawkeye game days rest of the year. And I, luckily, you know, Max uh, didn't have to miss a, did not have to miss uh, an Iowa game. So lucky for him. Uh, but you know, pretty great weekend for the Iowa Hawkeyes, even though they didn't play. Moving up four spots in the AP poll. Not much to complain about there.
1: Yeah, Ben, I I think you you mentioned it when we were talking beforehand. It's funny how uh, we beat uh, Iowa State, the best Iowa State team that's ever Iowa stated. uh, Didn't move, but one spot. And look at this. Iowa played zero games. Everyone above them dropped, uh, included Michigan, uh, Texas A&M. What are the other ones? I had them written down. Uh, It's irrelevant, but... Two other teams dropped, so Iowa's up to 14. And uh, are they a top 14 team? Ben, I, I guess that's the question. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think they are. So people last week, there are several columns on the internet calling for the dismissal of the Iowa-Iowa State game because we only moved up one spot, like you just said, and that it does nothing for Iowa's national profile to, um, to keep on playing that game. And... Now, after not playing Iowa State, after not playing any games, we moved up four spots. So we're back to where we eventually got. I remember Spain saying specifically last week on the podcast that we're going to end up where we belong. And here we are, ending up where we belong. People just need to wait a little bit. People are very impatient. Uh, Are we a top 15 team? Maybe. I don't know. But it doesn't matter because it's week fucking four. And, you know, you play the games that you can play. And if Iowa just keeps on winning, we're going to be ranked exactly where we deserve to be ranked at the end of the season. And that's all that matters.
1: Totally agree there, Ben. Uh, I think that the stuff week to week is more of a function of, you know, just what's new. I I think Iowa state score may have impacted some of that thought. because Iowa really didn't get jumped at all. Um, So I think everyone saw, oh, so they beat this team that was able to put up 72 points, and they only held them to 17 points. That's pretty good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it shakes out. But uh, as we as we kind of look back on our Saturday, um, there were the kind of the two slots that we were looking at. The early morning slot. Um, you mentioned it beforehand. I will second it. I was not more excited for a non-Iowa game than this Wisconsin-Michigan game. And boy, <laughs> was I let down quick. Yeah,
0: I am I was very, uh, I mean, I was disappointed in the way that I usually um, like to participate in some sort of uh, fitness class, 1130 on Saturday mornings, and I skipped it this Saturday because uh, I didn't want to miss a second of the Michigan-Wisconsin game because I'd seen a little bit of Michigan, haven't seen any of Wisconsin at all. I wanted to see which team was real, which team was fake, or if this was going to be a good old-fashioned Big Ten slugfest. And the game was over after the first quarter. The game was over after the first drive. Wisconsin had a 12-play, 75-yard uh, drive that ended in a touchdown from Jonathan Taylor, um, and the the he punched it in from the two-yard line. And when, they get, when uh, Wisconsin finally got into uh, first and in goal at the six-yard line, um, they put in something I I don't, I don't I wouldn't call it a jumbo package I don't know what you would call it but they had do you know how many offensive linemen they had in the field for that uh series of uh, downs Harrison
1: seven as I unmute my microphone seven offensive linemen
0: uh yes and I think we talked a little bit last week about why cannot Iowa do that why why are we so bad at third and short or third and one and why can't we put on both of our backup offensive tackles or all of, our, all of our backup offensive linemen are probably better blockers than our starting tight ends. Why can't we just te- – we already telegraph plays enough. Why can't we telegraph plays even more by putting more offensive linemen on the field and daring teams to stop our world-class offensive line churning facility? And um, it was so frustrating to watch because they ran the exa- basically the exact same play three times in a row, um, five five offensive linemen down, I think one tight end, and then two offensive linemen as fullbacks and just let Jonathan Taylor eat. And uh, that was it. Uh, ga- that was it. Game over. 7-0 first quarter. And uh, by halftime, I was watching highlights of the New Zealand, South Africa Rugby World Cup game um, because it, it was just a snoozer. Michigan is, is bad. They are legit bad. And I think Jim Harbaugh is going to be – coaching in in Canada next year, somewhere in the MAC. And, um, (laughs) I mean, I don't know, that's very extrapolation. Wisconsin had 359
1: rushing yards. When
0: when does that happen?
1: That feels like just an impossible statistic. I I, I would bet that, I mean, I can probably look this up uh, next time you're talking, but I can't imagine there are many 300-yard rushing games in the Big Ten.
0: Do you know how many rushing yards Michigan have? I know you don't, so I do. They had 40 rushing yards. <laughs> 20 of them came from uh, backup quarterback Dylan McCaffrey, who got uh, pulled it, put in the second half after Shea Patterson shit all over himself. And um, eventually, Shea Patterson had to go back in because McCaffrey sustained a pretty bad concussion, actually. Um, it looked very bad. I think it drew a targeting call as it, I don't think it should have, but it was still helmet to helmet. Um, There wasn't much for the defender to to do, but it was still pretty bad. Hope wishing him a speedy recovery, but I don't care. I don't care which uh, Michigan quarterback Iowa faces because we had better. We got to destroy Michigan. We play them in two weeks. Um, You know, Michigan had, uh, they had three fumbles, lost two of them. For some reason, they're putting a defensive tackle in at tailback all of a sudden. Um, can talk more on that later. Yeah, that, that was, was just, just
1: foolish. Unbelievably dumb.
0: Yeah, and apparently it's because they, they're starting – was it Charbonnet is either starting running back? Apparently he's a little dinged up, but I bet he – at bet him at 50% still better than a defensive tackle at running the ball. Um, not, I don't care if he played fullback last season. Like, gosh, gosh dang. Um, There's exactly. a reason
1: he was moved to defense. Yeah, yeah
0: exactly. <laughs> right? Uh, I mean – like you, we, we can talk about it right now. There's a reason why Tyler Linderbaum was moved from defense to center. Linderbaum, through three games, looks like a revelation at center as a uh, redshirt freshman. Um, so I think you got to trust coaches to know what, what they're doing until you can't. Um, Wisconsin, Jack Cohn, they got themselves a quarterback. Best quarterback I've seen at Wisconsin since Russell Wilson 13 of 16 for 128 yards, two rushing yards. Just downright surgical. Um, and I think it helps too, when at the beginning of the year, I think we were talking about, I said either, I either wrote or I either said that I think it's a tie between Don Brown and Phil Parker for best defensive coordinator in the big 10. And, uh, this isn't me trying to be X's and O's and smart football guy or whatever, when I use this term, but I have never seen a more undisciplined power five or big 10 or ranked defense than, michigans and that goes for big 12 defenses uh say for texas tech maybe um i've never seen guys take worse pursuit angles i've never seen defensive linemen stand up in the line of scrimmage so lackadaisically i've never seen uh, defensive backs just completely give up uh, halfway through a play or give up through a play and um when they had there's definitely at least one touchdown where a safety for michigan had the opportunity to make a tackle but he just gave up um it, seems, it feels a lot like this team has given up on Michigan already week three, and that honestly actually scares me because somehow Michigan's probably going to figure some shit out by the time they play Iowa in two weeks. But really, th- this Michigan team is B-A-D bad, and I think Jim Harbaugh's going to be coaching in Canada or the MAC next year.
1: Yeah, I think kind of the overall thing to take from that is, one, their offense just looks so freaking discombobulated as – What happened is that change to the spread, they lost their identity. And I don't know if that's something that you get immediately back. Clearly, they don't have it now. Can they get it in two weeks for when they face Iowa? Who knows? Um, As for kind of the Jim Harbaugh piece, three 10-win seasons in four years, one bowl win, looking at their schedule this year. Maybe he's looking at an eight and five season if he loses to rank the rest of the ranked teams on his schedule, which would be Iowa, Penn State, Notre Dame, and Ohio State. So that would be seven and five, um, potentially getting into uh the the bull game. But the defense, man, I, I I think you hit the nail on the head with the defense. Um I, I was chatting with uh my brother and my dad. Uh brother went to Michigan. Um so I do have like some personal investment in this game, however tangentially as it is, Um, but they just looked so undisciplined. I I don't think that that's necessarily a football guy thing. I think that's something that anyone can watch and understand just what's happening. like On that 70-yard Taylor run, there was a hole the size of...
0: a Mac truck, the literally Red a Mac truck. That's that's you, yeah. nature, but you could literally drive a jeep through the hole.
1: And, and it's just so bad. And it was like that time and again. Um, my brother did say that they they were working through some injuries. There was that weird. But who isn't? Exactly, like everyone's got injuries. It's college football. Um, so uh, I just don't know. Like, can they write the ship in in two weeks? They play Rutgers. Um, coming up, which is probably uh, a good thing for them. they are
0: 29-point favorites. I know Rutgers <laughs> sucks, but... <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't take...
1: Yeah, they could play air, and I'm not sure I'd trust... Uh, I'd yeah. take the 29 points uh, for Michigan football right now. And I think kind of the ultimate thing is Don Brown's scheme maybe isn't necessarily a scheme. It's like schematic chaos. And I think teams like Wisconsin... And hopefully Iowa, we saw it in 2016, they were able to just out-execute them and take advantage of uh, openings um, that presented themselves because of a lack of discipline or trying to enforce chaos. And I think that works against teams like Rutgers, it works against teams like Maryland, it works against teams like Indiana. But I'm not sure it works against a team like Wisconsin or Iowa or Ohio State um, who Iowa's not necessarily a part of the other two, but in terms of just being able to execute, those three teams, when I think Big Ten execution, I think those three teams. So I just don't know what's going to happen as we kind of go down this, this Michigan path because their schedule's daunting. They got... Penn State, Notre Dame, Maryland, three straight to to end October, going into November. Michigan State's defense looks good. Don't need to turn this into a Michigan podcast, but like, I mean, oh, I yeah. think there's there there's some real concern. I don't necessarily think that there could be a result that would send Jim Harbaugh out of uh, Ann Arbor, but there's certainly a result that could. Uh, put some feet to the fire even though he does have those three ten win seasons
0: Jim Harbaugh is one and six on the road against ranked opponents um so there is that I think if he beats Ohio State this year he'll save his job no matter what his record is really unless he that's the only only win rest of the year but I really and I, I don't think I really don't I don't know what his buyout is I don't see how they can keep him around I simply do not
1: Series? Well, I guess my point is you look at the 10 years prior to uh, prior to Jim Harbaugh getting there. So 2005 to 2014, they topped out at 11 wins twice. One was Lloyd Carr's second to last year. Uh, one was 2011 with Brady Hoke, of all people, in his first season. I think that was the Denard, Denard Robinson, Robinson. Yeah. Uh They won the Sugar Bowl there. Um, but they have just two bull wins to uh, three, four bull losses. So they didn't go to a bowl in four years. And two no. of those
0: bowl losses, they were winning by double digits in the fourth quarter, I believe. South, uh, South Carolina, they are up 14, I think. And then I actually don't know. They played Florida State in the, I don't know. I, I don't remember that game.
1: And I think your point's a fair one. Like they just don't have many marquee wins anymore. Um, but is that enough to send Jim Harbaugh packing? I don't. I don't think you can. Just because if you fire Jim Harbaugh after a down year, after he's gotten more or less kind of a king's ransom as his salary, no one's going to want to go there. And, and I think that's part of the stuff that you see potentially with Nebraska if they have another 5-7 and type year. Um, I just don't know. Like, I I don't think you can do that because you just kind of go through their stats reference and it's really not very good, especially um, the last 10 years. At some point, your history becomes your present and I think Michigan's at risk of going to that Rodriguez-Hoke kind of very mediocre stagnation that they had um, where maybe they get one good year uh, out of five. But I don't know. Like, I think all this is to say, to bring it back to kind of like an Iowa point is there is something to the way that Kirk Ferentz has built the Iowa way to basically churn out eight win seasons. Now, does it suck when –
0: When we have a seven-win season? season? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, when we have a seven-win season, of course. But um, when there's a year like last year, which the more and more we kind of move forward as 2018 being a total loss opportunity of a down year for Wisconsin record-wise. Um, so that's where, hey, this eight-win season stinks. But when you look at some of the, the histories of some of these other teams, it's like, ah. Eh, You know, sometimes eight wins is kind of, it's kind of worth it. You don't have to deal with churn. You know, you're going to quote unquote, do it the right way. Um, You don't have a lot to worry about necessarily. So when it kind of gets to uh, what's an eight win season versus a nine or 10 win season, if it's the right eight wins, does it, does it matter?
0: Yeah, I mean you're right, but you know when those losses in that eight win season, including include Purdue and Northwestern, it does make it a tougher pill to swallow. But yep. um, you know we are what we are, and that's our identity. Um, And at least, you know, we're not Illinois or Nebraska right now uh, in a goddamn slugfest going up against uh, Notre Dame and (laughs) Georgia in primetime. Some of us watched one game. Some of us watched the other, uh, which, you know.
1: Hey. Says you. uh, Don't kink shame me, Ben.
0: (laughs) I would never yuck somebody else's yum, Harrison. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I didn't watch a second of the Illinois-Nebraska game because I've got a brain and eyes. Um, There I am, yucking your yum. Uh, What what are your takeaways from a game where Nebraska had four fumbles and lost all four and allowed, what, like another 200 rushing yards and only 70 passing yards and still needed 15 points in the fourth quarter to win?
1: Yeah, so – I watched it because uh in correspondence with uh stoops kind of over the course of this um first part of the season we had come to some consensus that Illinois had a real chance at upsetting uh the corn huskers so I wanted to to really kind of bear that out and I did watch like the first two and a half quarters and then uh the exhaust exhaustion of the day just kind of drove me to, to bed. Um, but I will say it was a riveting uh, two and a half quarters just because like defense optional, man. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Big
0: football's back. It,
1: it was, it, it was such a wild game uh, because Illinois felt like the better team for a lot of it. And it's wild because Lovey still runs the frickin' Tampa 2. I texted you, I think. Yeah, I was Harris, like, you put that in our slack. It, it kind of warms my heart that he still runs it, even though it's got these very clear holes that any quarterback of that any... That have been exploited
0: in every level of football. <laughs> Pee-wee like, on up since, uh, what, 2008?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just like, there are clear areas where you can attack it. Martinez for the most part, was able to, but like, to, to your point, like, if you're turning the ball over four times, uh, it's gonna, gonna potentially be ugly, uh, yeah, four turnovers, four fumbles <laughs> lost, and, and here's maybe the stat of the game, Ben, and, and maybe Ben don't break at its finest, Illinois had 14 first downs, one of 12 on third down, and still somehow, Uh, were a fourth quarter away from from winning that game.
0: That is so bad. I think I think Notre Dame had a similar. Let me find their box score. I think they had a similar third down conversion rate. Um, that's just uh, no good. And kind of you know, just like just like Iowa, I guess. Um, in that in the first couple of games, you um you know, uh, third down is where you make your hay. That is so bad. What'd you say? Eleven for a, one for eleven?
1: One for twelve. And, oh. and I think like it, it's it's funny, right? Because you look at the stats that Nebraska put up. Like almost seven hundred yards offense, and that's not even exaggerating. Eleven and nineteen. These four turnovers are just dumb. Ten penalties, seventy yards. Like this is really kind of where you see um the Kirk Ferentz model just like really make sense because kind of equating this game to the Iowa Iowa State game. For me, it felt like Iowa was the better team, even though the stats showed something else. Like they just felt better. They gave up the two big plays against Iowa State. But really, you know, Kirk Ferentz is so happy giving up the yardage between the twenties. It's not funny. So projecting Nebraska forward, I can see a very similar game, maybe not Points wise, but I can see them outgaining Iowa by 150 yards, not no even field goal. Our defense is so much
0: better in Illinois. They will not
1: outgain us by 150 yards. You don't think 450 to 300 is possible?
0: <laughs> if we only really rack up 300 yards against the Nebraska
1: defense? Okay, that's, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Um, so may, maybe I wasn't thinking of it. Yeah. By the way right way. Yeah, I would I would be so disappointed if iowa gave up 350 rushing yards to Nebraska. Exactly. Uh, so Yeah. So yeah, uh but I guess yeah, that was kind of my um, you know, solo date night watching that game while Christina was watching Downton Abbey. Uh how, how about you? How is the, the movie? Uh the show?
0: Okay. Is she getting catching up or not for the movie? I guess. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm huge into BBC dramas, so maybe her and I can get on a podcast about that. Um, All right. <laughs> well, we're, sorry, what, what'd you ask me? I, I heard Downton Abbey, and my brain went in a different direction.
1: No, I was just saying, how is uh, how is your evening uh, game choice uh, <laughs> compared yeah. to the, the Nebraska? So week? I
0: am, uh, I Georgia is actually my second favorite college football team. I've got family in Athens. Um, a lot of cousins went there, and my only family in the city of Chicago. They happen to go. They're happy. They're, they happen to be Georgia alums. So I went over to their house for the game. He's got a big green egg. Had tons of smoked meat and some uh, very nice alcohol. And uh, tuned in. They they're very they're actually very strange. I got there at like six thirty, and we didn't turn on the game until eight because they're super adamant about avoiding commercials at all costs so it kept me away from my phone for about two hours, which was fine. So we watched um, the entire first half, just fast forward. So we finished in like an hour. So it was actually an interesting experience. And I guess it's not an uncommon thing. Um, a, w- a weird way to watch a football game for sure, but it was fine. Um, Georgia, The see the final score here is I, was, I spent a lot of time. I've been, I was up early this morning. Final score is 23-17. The game came down to the wire. Georgia actually had some similar both teams had some similar Ferencian clock mismanagement um, mishaps towards the end of the game. Uh, Notre Dame burned both of their – burned two of their three timeouts in the third quarter, and that definitely came back to bite them in the ass because they got the ball with about 90 seconds left and only one timeout. Um, And uh, you could – both teams are absolutely absolutely and completely gassed. And Notre Dame's – First touchdown of the game to go up seven nothing came off of the exact same way the Iowa State game ended, where the Georgia punt returner just muffed the punt, and Notre Dame recovered at the seven yard line, I think, and two plays later scored a touchdown, seven nothing. That's it. But in my opinion, the game should have been twenty three ten at absolute best um, in Georgia's favor. Uh, people, I was on one foot. I was on yeah one foot down today, and. Notre Dame thinks that they're still uh, a potentially a playoff team with one loss. And I couldn't, I don't think that's, you know, couldn't be further from the truth. They only had 46 rushing yards, which is, uh, this is a great Georgia defense, but I mean, Jake Fromm was downright surgical 20, of 26, for 187 yards and one touchdown. Ian book had some pretty great stats. He is 30 of 47 for 200, 275 yards and two touchdowns. He also had two picks. Um, Against they were Georgia was, didn't even really bother uh, rushing him at all. I think he only got sacked. He didn't. He never got sacked. They Georgia kind of did what uh, Iowa did against Iowa State and just sat back and let him play quarterback. And uh, Ian Book isn't incredible. He's not a very mobile quarterback. Um, he only had 18 yards rushing, and I just think you know Georgia across the board. I think totally outclassed. Uh, Notre Dame, which sounds so dumb because the game literally came down to the final 90 seconds. But it really, if it wasn't for that punting gaffe, um, I totally, uh, I I, I think Notre Dame or Georgia is really the real deal. I actually watched a lot of the Auburn, Texas A&M game too, another game that wasn't as close as the score indicated. And Auburn is awesome. Um, Dude, Auburn, LSU, Georgia, and Alabama. I mean, those could easily be the top four teams in the country. Um, yeah, the sec is really, really quite stacked
1: sec back
0: Uh, sec never left. In my opinion, I've always, (laughs) I've always just thought I've always kind of been team fine bomb. Um, even though he said some pretty frivolous, pretty ignorant shit about Notre Dame on game day yesterday. Um, this Notre Dame team, let's take a look at their schedule now. They're not they're not good. And they're in Notre Dame like I said earlier, they're there are people who with Notre Dame affiliations who think that they can go to the college football playoffs still with one loss, and they simply they can't. They will not. Let's look at their schedule. They got Virginia, who I know nothing about, 21 USC, who's winning games with their third string quarter. Actually, wow, this is a weak schedule.
1: Yeah, yeah, I just looked at it. It's it's I, I think you have to have such a strong so schedule weird. outside of your loss. Yeah, because fake news. And going to the, um, season, it yeah. going into the season, it probably was strong.
0: Yeah, going to the season, it probably was strong. They had Michigan, but Michigan sucks. They had Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech sucks. Virginia Tech was top fifteen going to the season, weren't they? Or at least t- ranked. Um, yeah, they were
1: ranked. They were, well, maybe not. So no, they I mean, Notre ranked, but
0: Notre Dame's not gonna. They're not. And Stanford sucks, which is uh, this is probably the worst. Uh, Shaw is probably on the chopping block um this is probably the worst Stanford team in the last five or ten years um but I don't know how you can include them in college, uh, without without knowing what how the season's gonna end I don't know how you can include them in the college football playoff conversation um they're they're just not very good
1: yeah I think if you're gonna put yourself in a position to be a one loss playoff contender. Your eye test just has to be so good. That's kind of the one piece and your one loss can't be horrible. So I guess maybe if you're a Notre Dame fan, you're holding on to the fact that, hey, this loss is to a top three, top four team, a team that is probably still going to be, could also be in the playoffs. So I think that probably helps their case, but they need to smoke everyone the rest of the way. Uh, and really kind of look at the rest of their schedule. It's like, eh, you know, does does beating Michigan by 20 points, does that help them that much? Does beating USC by 20 points help much? Maybe, but I I just don't know if you can have a critical mass if you're looking at, uh, or if I'm looking at Notre Dame's schedule, I don't think that there's a critical mass that can put them over the top in terms of uh getting back into the playoff. Especially, as you mentioned, um, just the SEC being so good. You have Auburn. You have LSU, who looks like maybe the best team that has played there in 10, 15 years since they won their national title, I think Mm -hmm. it was 2004. They they just look dynamite. Um, Then Georgia, Bama, of course. And then, I mean, you have – the thing that hurts Notre Dame is probably, as much as anything, not officially being the ACC so that you can't uh, guarantee yourself a game against uh, Clemson to maybe put you over the top.
0: And Clemson would bow rights them, too. I mean, they may maybe could benefit that the Pac-12 sucks, um, unless USC runs the table. But I thought, you know, can't believe they did what they did against Utah. Um and so Utah played themselves out of playoff contention already in Week Three. Unfortunately, Washington is at Cal. I guess all of a sudden could do something, but I can't see a team from the Pac twelve being in the playoff right or a playoff right now. Um, Oregon already has a loss. I know it was early, so they I guess they could do something. Um, Oregon scored what twenty eight points in the fourth quarter to come back against uh, who, who was
1: it last night? I can't remember. Oh, I think that was UCLA against Washington State, or was I'm it meant, another I'm game too? No,
0: I meant UCLA because uh, I was just thinking of Chip Kelly on my mind. Um, hmm. I yeah, whatever. It's and then you are going to have definitely a Big Ten team, probably probably Iowa. Fingers crossed. God damn it. Um, and <laughs> maybe two, maybe even two Big Ten teams. You could pull a. Have a non, you know, a team that doesn't win their division, the Big Ten, make it still to the playoff a la Alabama in 2017, I think.
1: What Um, would be that? What would be that? Because I I think I have the scenario. What would be your scenario for uh, two Big Ten teams getting in?
0: It would be either an an undefeated team who wins a conference outright and wins a championship game outright. They make it for sure. And then – so that's going to be Ohio State in this scenario. And then a one loss, Wisconsin or Iowa. That's got to be it.
1: I, I think it would be one loss, Wisconsin, who loses to Iowa in a game where, like, Jonathan Taylor's hurt, so you can kind of excuse it, but it's still close, and they boat race everyone else that's on their schedule. Oh, but they also play Ohio State. So it would probably oh, have to right. be Iowa. It would have yeah. to be Iowa. Ugh, I don't. I don't want to be in that discussion. I don't. I, I couldn't handle it. I don't think I was got the cachet to be there, especially with the
0: one. The one loss Iowa team. There is absolutely no way
1: they get in under yeah. any circumstances. I, I think even looking at it this year, right now, I, I would agree that that's probably uh, almost an impossibility. Um, unless they were to win the Big Ten and there are too many two-loss SEC teams.
0: Uh, yeah, man. Um, it's, it's too early to be talking playoff picture right I now. <laughs> like, let's, let's just stick on the here and now with our beloved
1: Hawkeyes. Alrighty, so we'll go ahead and take a quick break. But after this, we'll go ahead and talk about Iowa's schedule uh, the rest of the way. And we are back another week without uh, a Benny's uh, Big Ad Co. Uh, Yeah,
0: I got got nothing. Fake
1: advertisement. Um, So, yeah, uh, before we got into a very deep college football uh, discussion, which was uh, something I didn't expect but uh, really enjoyed, uh, we decided we wanted to kind of just take a look at the rest of the schedule. Uh, I was looking at it kind of one way, stock up, stock down. You were looking at it just kind of as straight rankings in terms of what's the easiest to hardest. So I think we can go ahead and maybe mix them in together uh, to discuss uh, what's the easiest game remaining on, on Iowa's schedule, in your opinion, Ben?
0: I mean, besides Middle Tennessee State.
1: Okay, so I, I have that as well. And I also I, I also feel better about it based on what I've seen from Iowa.
0: I mean... It doesn't. It doesn't matter what I've seen from Iowa. That Middle Tennessee State <laughs> should unquestionably be our, um, unquestionably be our easiest game left in the year. Yeah. Um, so
1: we move past that.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I, I ranked the rest of the games, well, one through nine, easiest to toughest for Iowa rest of the year. I'll just go through them, and then we can talk about them after. Number one, Middle T- Tennessee State. Number two, Illinois number three at Nebraska, number four, Purdue at home, number five at Northwestern, number six at Michigan, number seven, Minnesota, fuck me. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> number eight, Penn State, uh, and number nine, unquestionably, at Wisconsin.
1: So the big things I'm going to go ahead and point out, I had more or less the same with Michigan and Minnesota switched. And, yeah, that's fair. Then And then I actually had Northwestern and Nebraska switched.
0: So you think Northwestern is going to be an easier game than Nebraska?
1: Yeah, and here was my main point. And this this was jarring. I always forget about how bad Iowa is in one possession games against Northwestern. But from what I've seen from Northwestern is they look so bad. Uh, I watched some of that Michigan State yeah, game. Yeah, I bet on TV, V uh,
0: two during the Wisconsin game. And I don't—I th- legit don't think they cross a 50. Or actually, they did cross a 50. They got stuffed at the goal line, I think, uh, early on. They went forward on fourth and one and got stuffed, I think. If I had memory serves, that could have been the second half. I don't remember. But they look like shit. Hunter Johnson sucks.
1: And they just look so bad that I think that they ha- Iowa has to be able to beat them by more than seven points. Because here – is Iowa's record when the game is out is more than seven points. The difference they are seven and two since Kirk Ferentz has taken over. And in this okay. includes 1999. They are one in eight, one in eight in one possession game. So yeah. I just think Iowa is too good. Northwestern is too bad. The big factor in this is Pat Fitzgerald's probably going to have his team playing their best football against Iowa. So I, I get, kind of the flip either way. But to me, I just think you look at that Northwestern team and they they just do not look as good as they used to. Um, and, and that's fine. Like, I think if you're if you're Pat Fitzgerald, you, you're going to have seasons like this um, because like Harbaugh before him, he went on a stretch of kind of three 10-win seasons within, I think, five to seven years. It might have even been less years. But you're going to have down years where... Just things don't click. You don't get the quarterback you want, or the quarterback that you do want. Who's a five star? Turns out, oh, there's a reason he transferred away from Clemson, and it's not just that Hunter Lawrence <laughs> is uh, Trevor Thor Lawrence or with a, a... <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, yeah. <laughs> and it's not just that Trevor Lawrence is uh, a genius with uh, and Thor and all those good things uh, with a football.
0: Yeah, maybe he, he didn't chant, he didn't choose to transfer back. He probably fucking saw the writing on the wall and said, "Okay, let me find out a place where I can play football right away." Oh, Northwestern, they've always sucked. So, and then for whatever reason they've got they've got 12 quarterbacks in the NFL. So, yeah, I'll go there. Um, <laughs> RIP. RIP Tre- Trevor Simeon. Um,
1: oh yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, we uh, were kind of in lockstep. I mean, do we need to talk about Illinois at all, you think? I don't want to. Okay, then let's talk. <laughs> maybe, maybe their athleticism gets Iowa, but I think it's kind of – No, dude. I uh, any, point, any other points? Yeah. I, I would be surprised. I would be surprised. Yeah. Uh, So going down your list, you had Nebraska 3. Sell me on Nebraska being an easier game
0: because uh, what they just allowed how many points to a dog shit Illinois team and fumbled the fourth fumbled four times and lost all four fumbles against a dog shit Illinois team and we're down 14. nothing to a dog shit Illinois team and do I need to keep going? Maurice Washington is hurt. Adrian the way our Adrian Martinez is playing, he's gonna get hurt. I think he ran the ball 18 times or like 12, 418 yards. Um, that's not sustainable. Uh, and their defense again. He gave up what thirty eight points to a bad Illinois team. They don't play defense. They don't. They. I think they have three starters who are fresh, who are walk ons on the defense. Um, like they can't. It's just not. It's not there. That this ain't it. And it's going to be the end of the year. It's the last game of the season. And I trust Iowa's – You know, I trust Iowa's depth way more than I trust Nebraska's. I know it's at Nebraska, but I mean, come on, man.
1: Okay, yeah, I mean, I think all the points you raised are good. I think the only thing that, that I continuously go back to, at least Iowa versus Nebraska, is that it was a bad Nebraska Always team last year. too
0: close for comfort, yes. And that, it was, the hallmark that fourth course. quarter
1: was just too close for comfort. It was the type of thing where, is Kirk going to make the right, you know, small decisions that he needs to make? Um, but I think that's kind of taking out, the the point because I do I do actually feel better about the Nebraska game now than I did at the beginning of the season for all the points that you mentioned I just think that it'll be a little harder um within the context of Iowa's overall schedule so next we have Purdue I think the two things here are uh Jeff Brom and Rondale Moore other than that oh and their defensive end who I cannot pronounce his name at the
0: moment and Sindelar is kind of banged up right
1: yeah, he is. So, so
0: whoever their backup is, that too.
1: <laughs> oh, backup back voodoo. Oh yeah. No.
0: Ugh. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Purdue. The only thing that gets me going about it's homecoming for Iowa, and it's at Iowa. So.
1: And I'll be there. Like, I mean, I oh yeah. So
0: there you go. I'm, there it is. No, never get my pen. I'm it up as one already.
1: No, I no, no, kidding. I'm kidding. The, the last Iowa-Purdue game I went to two years ago. It it's was that devastating. That game uh Yeah. That, uh, yeah. that was, was when we found out that Kirk Ferentz could not add. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, we've discussed Purdue. We have both of them fourth. Northwestern. We've kind of discussed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Minnesota. Actually, no, you had Michigan six. So let's uh, talk Michigan, or do you think we've I hit, mean, hit Michigan enough?
0: Just that – uh, we'll be coming off. We'll hopefully be the healthiest we've been all year against Michigan. I know it's at Michigan. Does Michigan have a bye this week?
1: No, they had a bye last week. So who do they play yep. this week? Rutgers. Rutgers.
0: So they kind of have a bye, basically. Yeah. So actually, so yeah, that's a little bit scary then because they've got uh, basically a scrimmage to figure out what's wrong. Maybe find a quarterback. Maybe for Shea Patterson or. Yeah, Shea Patterson, there's no way McCaffrey is uh, probably going to be able to play uh, to get some momentum. Um, So, yeah, I'm super nervous that Michigan's going to all of a sudden figure its shit out. Iowa hasn't won in the big house since
1: when? I think – ooh, that's a good stat. I don't know. I feel like they won in – it might be 2014 because I think they won in 2010. It's just a matter of – uh, if if the stats have turned out enough, I'll go ahead and take a look for that though.
0: Yeah. So I mean, I think it's going to be an eleven o'clock game. Uh, I don't know what the books are on that, but yet uh, I'm just nervous. You know, I trust a Harbaugh maybe to get shit together. Maybe this team is falling apart totally and completely. If they lose to Rutgers, he like, which I'm not saying is going to happen, but there's no way he's getting. Um. Yeah, it's 11, 11 a.m. game in Ann Arbor, which good. I'm glad it's not a night game. Um, if honestly, if Arbor loses to Rutgers, he's not getting on the plane home. Um. So there is that. Uh, I just don't. I just don't see it. We. I think. Wisconsin, I think Minnesota is better at every single position. Uh, offensive line, quarterback, receivers. May, I mean, receivers might be a wash. Um, we have, I, we have Michigan's second best receiver apparently on our team now. So, so there's that. Uh, and then defensive line, I didn't see a single thing from Michigan's defense that impressed me. Not once. Um, I'll be very mad if we be, lose to Michigan. And if yeah, I, I did have a freaking wedding that weekend, I'd definitely be going to Ann Arbor because I've never been.
1: Yeah. Ann Arbor is a blast. So, uh, whenever you can go, I would, I would recommend it. Uh, to your point, it's been seven years since I was played at Michigan. Uh, if you can do the math, for those listening, that's 2012, the year that didn't exist. So uh, we can move on from that. Uh, we won at their, Michigan that year. No, we lost at Michigan oh, that year. Okay. They won in 2010. Okay. losses in 2004 and 2006 at Michigan, and then a win in 2002. So kind of wild. I was only played at Michigan. Four times or five times uh, since two thousand, probably played there in two thousand nine. I don't know the the stats didn't go back that far. Yeah, but
0: Michigan's um, come to Kanek a couple. We've played each other uh, several times, times. So, Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I think the point I do want to come back to, though, because I I, I think it's funny you've kind of put Mich- Michigan and Minnesota into the same "quote unquote" fake news category, mm-hmm. and this way you actually think Michigan is more fake news than minnesota but i also want to like kind of talk about this oliver martin thing uh because i think it was hawkeyes who mentioned it on twitter so uh uh, bears mentioning that reference but um it's wild to me that he transferred to the better offense oh yeah
0: without question (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> like, Absolutely. I, I, it just blows my mind that I'm saying that Iowa has the better offense than Michigan at this juncture.
0: Without quite, I mean, it's, it all starts with quarterback play, and then it goes on. Michigan still has a good offensive line, but then, then running back play, I saw nothing from Michigan's running backs all year. Um, offensive line, we've got at least three NFL offensive linemen on our team right now, <laughs> um, two of whom might be – first round NFL draft picks. Um, And then receivers, uh, we can get into the Oliver Martin snap count discussion if you want, but our receivers across the board, Brandon Smith, Amir Smith-Marset is probably better. He's a number one wide receiver on almost any team in the big 10, honestly. Um, And then Brandon Smith is great. Probably one of the best run blocking receivers. And then just a a, a natural freak. And then Nico Reganey and Tyrone Tracy are both, overperforming outperforming expectations to me which is creating a very crowded wide receiver room making it tough for Oliver Martin to get snaps which is fine which I'm totally fine with and uh he's still pro- I mean he's got to be happy he's back home and we're winning games and he'll get his chance eventually I'm not worried about it
1: yeah I agree uh for a lot of what you said I do think that Smith Marset putting it a little different way than you put it, I would say he is as explosive as almost anyone in the Big Ten. Rondell Moore's the guy who sticks oh, out. obviously. Uh, okay, yeah. But um overall, yeah. It's like Smith Marset leads the team in receptions with eleven. Uh, to say nothing of uh three running backs combining for or all four running backs combining for doing this match, eighteen catches. So it's like they're they're passing the ball Enough fifty nine completions for or sixty two I guess when you throw in Petrus's stats. Um, so it's not like there are a lot of passes to go around. It's just like there really aren't that many snaps to go around. And if the the guys that you have there are doing well, we know that Martin had a little bit of an injury. It's fine. And also just kind of looking at Martin, um, he doesn't do a thing yet or a thing that like elevates him above. The other guys' things, Smiths being that just dynamite speed, Smith being huge, um, and then Reganey and Tracy just kind of having that jitterbugness to them. I, I think they they quick feet or whatever they fleet feet. They have some nickname that they pass back and forth. Um, but uh, until there's a reason to play him more, I don't think there's that he's just all of a sudden going to get his snap count inflated. In a way, I almost wonder if um, uh, that first catch against uh, Miami of Ohio maybe inflated everyone's kind of perception of how he would be used in the offense.
0: And, I mean, that's fine. I'm not mad about it. If these four, the, if the aforementioned guys were struggling, perceived to be struggling then yeah, I'd be mad if he wasn't getting thrown in. But I think it's totally fair to mention, you know, his injury, his unfamiliarity with the playbook compared to everybody else. And you said that he looks a little gaunt compared to the four guys. So maybe that says something about the strength and conditioning program over at Michigan. Uh, We need our receivers to block. And if he's not big enough to do that right now, then let the guy eat, you know, three pizzas a week and figure it out from there.
1: Yeah, I do want to mention specifically, I mentioned it in the comments, I'm not sure if I've actually written about it, but watching Tyrone Tracy block, he is mean. So, like, it's something to watch him block, so Martin needs to kind of get on that level to maybe assert himself in line with kind of the same number of snap counts as those uh, those slot guys, but until he gets there, uh, I think it's going to be a while. Uh, next... Because we talked about Minnesota there. I mean, I guess what's your what's your elevator pitch on Minnesota? Uh,
0: they're going to be seven and zero. I mean, okay, <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the only thing I have. Uh, or yeah, they're going to be seven and zero. Maybe even eight and zero. I think we play them the ninth game of the year. So then they play Michigan uh, the week before they play Minnesota or play Iowa. So they could be fucking eight and zero, and it's at home. So. Whatever. I mean, that's it. That says it says a lot about you know the weakness of the Big Ten to me.
1: Yeah. So looking at their schedule, it is they go Purdue, Illinois, Nebraska at Rutgers, Maryland, Penn State, which I think you got confused with Michigan. And okay. Iowa. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I mean their their away games are Purdue and Rutgers. Oh my God! They could be nine and zero going into the Iowa game if they yeah. catch lightning in a bottle.
0: Yeah, so that could be a matchup of
1: uh, college game day for. Yeah. Oh my Rose god,
0: That's never been in Minneapolis.
1: It's a it's a home game for Iowa, though.
0: I'm dumb. I literally just said it's and I literally just said it's a home game. <laughs> <laughs> but that doesn't know I was right. There's still never been college game day in Minneapolis.
1: Well, and if they're undefeated going to that Penn State game, they could they could host it November 9th.
0: Yeah, already. So if I w- yeah, if I would and Minnesota are both undefeated, that's college game day right there. Or even the week before with
1: Penn State, and then they tick, a- tick it off. Yeah. At Minneapolis. Anyways, moving on. Penn State is your number eight, my number eight in terms of easiest games remaining. I, I-, I think it's almost kind of by default. It's kind of where I it's. It's absolutely it. by
0: def- default. There's nobody else to put them there
1: but I, I'm still concerned about their big play potential. I, I think that they, um, their offense is similar to Iowa state's, but dare I say with better guys at the skill positions, I, I and I, I guess that's why they, dare I say it? No, they have better skill players who can do more against Iowa than Iowa state could. Um, so uh, I think that that's kind of why I have them there. Uh, how their quarterback play shakes out, whether um, you know they're able to get to Stanley, things like that, we'll we'll find out soon enough. But uh, I think that by default, it's it's a uh, Penn State there, which leaves Wisconsin as uh, the unquestioned most difficult uh, game on Iowa's schedule. Um, the rest of the suite. Yeah, season. I
0: mean, couldn't be more scared for a team than the way Wisconsin's playing right now. Both teams, both teams have a bye going to that Wisconsin game, though, right? You said Wisconsin does. I think Iowa does too. I checked before.
1: They do, but here's the difference. Let's hear it, Harrison. Wisconsin is seven and two after a bye, under Paul Christ. Iowa is seventeen and seventeen under a bye after a bye under Kirk Ferentz. Both statistics courtesy of phil Steele. um so yeah that's that's my concern there ben
0: yeah that sucks and it's at wisconsin um could be a night game if both teams are undefeated night games at i don't let's see if that's on either i'm sure it's not a time set for that game yeah because it's so late um yeah tbd saturday november 9th uh talk about game day opportunity again yeah, I mean, you got to be scared for the way they played. I mean, obviously, I would, I would present a much greater challenge to them than the Michigan would if they were to play even as veined up as Iowa was if they played yesterday instead of Michigan. But I don't. If the way Iowa was played against Iowa State, I can't, can't see us beating Wisconsin. Um, scary, man, scary, scary stuff.
1: Yeah, I, I'm trying honestly to, to. F- find a path to Iowa beating Wisconsin. And and frankly, I'm having a hard time coming to one. I think if there's any positive out of uh, that Wisconsin-Michigan game uh, in the coaching or in Kirk Ferentz's office, I think it has to be this. Iowa needs to treat Wisconsin like they are Ohio State. There's no more time to treat them like peers. No, Wisconsin is a bona fide blue blood and to beat them, you're going to have to do some interesting things if you're Iowa. And to me, there's no more obvious kind of crystallization of that than what Wisconsin just did to Michigan.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, they're just going to run it down the throats. Obviously, Iowa's front front seven is unquestionably better than Michigan's, so there's that. But still, like, I don't know if there's a front seven in the country that could handle it the way that uh, handle was. Obviously, there is, but it's just scary shit.
1: Yeah, it really is scary to kind of think about it, um, especially as we look to Wisconsin's schedule. I mean, they're – uh, uh, here's the path, Ben, looking at it. They have uh, Iowa after the Ohio State game, so maybe there's some come down, but there is that bye week in the middle. So um, their bye comes at kind of the perfect time, um, which which stinks, especially considering how good Paul Christ is after a bye.
0: Yeah, uh, scary. I, I uh, Well, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think you, that, that's the right way to frame it. Uh, Iowa still has plenty of room to, to make this season the best that they can. Or, you know, maybe we're going to find a lot about, out about them over the next three weeks, I think, especially if, um, you know, they're able to get through Michigan and Penn State uh, with wins. Um, t- to me, I think that that really uh, puts into focus that November game against Wisconsin, um, but, uh, if they, they lose one, they lose both. Then, you know, I think it's probably, uh, time to, uh, book tickets to Tampa, uh, for another album. Oh, come court. on. I, I'm just saying, like, I mean, I think that just means, hey, I was probably going to go nine and three, right? I mean, I, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but like if Iowa yes, it is. loses to to eh, you're right. It is. Yes, it, it is. is. After, after watching Michigan... We should frame it as
0: ten wins a or win. bust. Ten wins or bust.
1: You're right. I I I will say coming into the season, I said it was Big Ten West or bust. And
0: yeah, after Wisconsin, I think, now Oof.
1: I think I think it's ten wins or bust. I think you live with a ten and two season where Wisconsin goes eleven and one or twelve and zero, and it sucks, but. Hey, they 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 won all but two games. Hopefully, it's I don't know. But if if they were to beat Michigan and then beat Penn State, then eleven wins is the four. Like that would it would feel it would suck to lose to Purdue, Northwestern, Minnesota, Illinois, or Nebraska uh, as a as that second loss. But that Minnesota game's right after Wisconsin. So there you go. Ugh, Ben, I don't like this at all. I don't like this at all, but I like
0: it. Let's, uh, ugh, let's get this over with.
1: Alrighty. righty. Uh, so, uh, for Ben Ross, at Renboss, 23, right, on Twitter? Don't at me. Okay, but yeah. don't at him, but, yeah. but you can follow him there. <laughs> uh, and then, at HD Star underscore star, for myself. Uh, thank you for joining the power- Pants Party. Go Hawks.
0: Uh, I'd I'd say fuck state, but I just, I don't fuck Wisconsin better dead than red.